Well, good morning. It's good so morning. good to be here. It's just a beautiful day. No snow in the horizon. Bob just depressed the daylight side of me oh, by why? saying there might be snow Monday or Tuesday. No. We don't want to hear news. All right, no. We're going to think happy thoughts because it's going to be up in the 70s today. Everyone will be happy. And I'm really happy to be here with Dr. Holm because Dr. Holm is our prairie doc. He's here and he's going to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. I'll tell you right off. Give us a call at 692-1430. His specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Yeah, um, uh, give us your calls. It'd be great to have some questions, and we have one question. Already. And you know, not everyone gets to talk to an award-winning author. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I am so <laughs> impressed, Rick. Every time I turn around, there's another award for you. As you all know, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> Bob even you, stood Bob. up with a hat <laughs> on his heart just to appraise this man for his winning the Nautilus Silver Book Award for his book, Life's Final Season, A Guide for Aging and Dying with Grace. That really is yeah. very nice. We're very happy for you. Thank you very much. Very and, nice. And you did say that there is a question that came in. Just as you walked in the door, you said, uh, Aaron handed you this question, right. so we're ready. Should we let's, take it before we do, do anything Let's do the question. Else? You know, and of course, tomorrow night's show is about sleep apnea, and it's about respiratory illnesses and lungs, and, uh, and so... Uh, that's the topic uh, we'd encourage you to think about and, and call in those questions, but we'll take any question whatsoever and of any kind, shape, form, no matter what. Well, hopefully medical. Well, uh, yeah, medical, <laughs> of course. Any medical question, no matter what. Medical question. Hey, this one just came in, and it's, can the questioner like to know, can you have shingles in one spot and nowhere else? I have a spot above my eyebrow. That sounds very strange for shingles. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yes. Really? Oh, Absolutely. my goodness. So if you see, um, so what are chicken pox look like? Chicken pox is a teardrop on a rose petal. Uh, what does shingles look like? It's another uh, vesicular uh, viral infection. Shingles are similar, uh, little tiny blisters, little teardrops uh, on a base of red. And commonly, you'll see multiple little teardrops, multiple little blisters, tiny little blisters, and 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 sometimes they'll run a derm, uh, a neuroderm. Uh, in other words, the classic shingle, if it's on your chest, would start at the midline, uh, right where your breastbone is, and then it would wrap around your chest, and it will stop at the midline in the back, and it will do this nice line. Sometimes it's only a little part of that line. Sometimes it's only one spot. Um, and sometimes uh, the neuroderm is one of the cranial nerves. So it's on the face and it will follow the neuroderm, but maybe it'll only be one spot. So it could very well be uh, what you're talking about. On the other hand, a little rash on the eyebrow can uh, uh, a contact dermatitis, a, a poison ivy that is now being active and you touch some poison ivy and then you rub your face, you get a little blister there above your eyebrow and it's not shingles, it's poison ivy. You know, it's contact dermatitis. So uh, if you, you lo always look for the pattern of its distribution to give you the clue of shingles, but it doesn't always happen. I mean, it, it isn't always the pattern. Uh, it can be an un unusual pattern. You mentioned the term. Did you say neuroderm when it goes around? Yes. 
Okay, what is a neuroderm? You said it can well, follow the neuroderm. What is that? You know, the neuroderm is the combination of the nerve and the skin. All right. And so it follows the nerve. Around. So you have a nerve that goes around from your breastbone around right. the you back. Right. You know, if you look at the nerve distribution, uh, the nerves that, okay, the big nerve is the brain. It's and a then good the one to have. And the cranial nerves... They innervate the, the movement of the eye, the skin of the face, the swallow, the tongue, taste. All of those are nerves that come off the brain itself. And then the spine comes down, uh, you know, through the, the hole in the skull, and then it, and it, it goes all the way down to about mid, midpoint in your back. And then it, uh, um, and all the while, Nerves are coming off of the spine and wrapping around your chest. So the nerve that, te- that causes the muscles to work and also feels, uh, makes sense, sen- senses the, uh, the touch, the pain. It's and all, all coming of the, from the spine. All that comes from the spine and it wraps okay. it around and it comes about halfway down and then you have the, the horse's tail. It, it's like a tail of a horse uh, and the nerves uh, come down the rest of the spine and then distribute uh, down the legs and around the uh, pelvis. Yeah. And so uh, it's an amazing thing that senses the, the, the touch, the feel, the pressure, the heat, uh, all of those kinds of senses, plus the function of the nerve that says muscle, squeeze. Tells the muscles to squeeze and act. Um, those... You know, for example, the muscles of the legs that tell the legs to run. Uh, you know, those are nerves that come off the spine. And, and, they, and they not only have the motor function, but the sensory function. And that's a neuroderm. And when you see that wrapping around the chest, you've got the distribution of that nerve. And that's where the infection can reside for a lifetime. And then it pops up sometime when you're exposed again. To, to, the, to the herpes virus, or sometimes because you have sh- stress, or sometimes because um, we don't have a reason, no reason. It just pops it just up, pops you know, up. or you get old enough that your immune system is decreased enough to allow that infection to pop up again. So if you had chicken pox when you were a child, which most people over 60 probably did, Maybe even over 50, I'm not sure of the medical background on that, but at least anyone over 60 more than likely had chickenpox as a child, then they have that um, infection that's sitting in their body and it could arise as shingles, and that's why people get the shingle shot, yep. right? There you go. And it's a good thing to do to avoid yes, all that pain in the nerves. And, and uh, now there is a better one, apparently. So I think, you know, follow the direction of your primary care doc and or nurse practitioner, PA, and, um, and get the, those vaccinations uh, uh, for adults, uh, not only for the uh, shingles, but um, for pneumonia. And uh, pneumonia is very important. Right. You know, people underestimated the power of pneumonia, I think, for many years. And I think the doctors never did, but I think the average citizen didn't realize it was that bad of a thing. But it really can be. That's door sometimes. Let, let's slip into the comment before we go to the break about the value of vaccination. Right now, there's another Ebola 
uh, infection outbreak that's occurring in the Congo. Okay, so the, the people in the Congo are afraid of the foreigners that are coming in to try to save the people who are dying from, from Ebola, right? So there's, you know, these doctors and hospitals are being massacred by frightened village people who think that it's, uh, it's a plot against them, okay? That's a pity. That's terrible. That's sad. That's really sad. It's, it's a picture of what ignorance is all about. Uh, but we have a weapon now. We have a vaccine against Ebola. And so w right now, we don't have to be fearful that if Ebola, uh, which is, kills 50% of those people who are exposed, uh, uh, gets, uh, starts to spread across the United States, we can, we can isolate it with vaccinations. That's how they did polio. They would uh, put people in the camp, vaccinate everybody, but vaccinate all the people in the territory around the camp, and then it wouldn't spread. Uh, and not only do we have a, a vaccination that's very effective for Ebola, which is just like the greatest news you can, can, can can't ever imagine. Ever imagine. Yeah. We have vaccinations that we are now having uh, against... Um, uh, I'm not sure which one. Uh, some type of virus? The mosquito spread illness across Africa. Encephalitis? Bob, no. no. Oh. Not yellow fever, but uh, not, no. Malaria. Malaria. We have, we have. There's a new yeah. vaccine about For malaria. malaria. I don't really? know how effective it is, but it finally we have. Uh, Something uh, that may help. Uh, yes. And, you know, of course, uh, our antibiotics to fight against malaria uh, are getting weaker and weaker and less effective because the, uh, the virus is uh, evolving. They mutate. They mutate. They find a resistance. Yeah. If you watched 60 Minutes Sunday night, they talked about um, Cipro, and they put it. They show <laughs> here's a mild amount of Cipro, higher dose, higher dose, higher dose, higher dose, and here is an E. coli. Then they dropped it on the film, and in a matter of a week, the the E. coli had, res had developed a resistance against even the highest doses of Cipro. So it's very one good. week. <sighs> Evolution in in uh, in real time. Scary. scary On that scary. note, we're going to take it. No, we won't take a scary break. We'll take a real break. And if you have any questions, give us a call. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Dog Radio. One simple question. Really got us going. Sorry, got you going. sorry, no, I got off on great. that. You know, we should go back to this woman. If she thinks it is shingles, should she go and see a doctor? Absolutely. All right. So you, the particularly caller, the if it's in, near your eye. Yeah, you don't want to get on in, please. You know what I mean? Get Anything near in. your eye, you want to be careful. Very you, careful. You can lose your vision. It it it, it can blind you. It could if, be something very simple, shingles, but it's well worth checking. If the shingles gets into the eye, thank you for bringing it up. I mean, I meant to say that until I got off on a tangent. This whole thing about getting older, tangential thinking is getting worse. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Hey, we're not getting younger, and that's okay. No, At least no. we're getting. You know, you want to keep I, getting, I, we're getting. I like the idea of getting. Yes. yes. Being alive is a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. We're sticking with it. And, you know, one more thing we can talk about before we change the subject. You were talking about the importance of vaccination. um, vaccinations. 
And there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance. Stupidity is when you simply are too dumb to catch on. Ignorance is when you don't have the facts and you believe the non-facts. Right, and I think there are, you know, I, I, I know that I am loaded with ignorance. There are, um, there are facts out there that I don't have access to or that haven't been developed yet and or that I don't have the answer to. I, I think about the cancers that are out there that we will have the answer but right now for we're in 20 years, know. you know, yeah. but we, we're ignorant of the answer. It's a simple thing. If you just took the bark of that tree and you boiled it for a half an hour and then you swallowed it, the cancer would go away, but we don't know which bark. <laughs> you know, it's just something like that. And so uh, I can't blame anybody for ignorance uh, because I'm, I'm loaded with it. But I do think that we should all try our best to look at what is the difference between science and marketing. Marketing is sales. I, don't, I think the world would not go around if it weren't for sales. I'm in, my dad was a salesman. I'm in favor of selling stuff. You know, you, uh, it's time for you to buy this house. Yes. Or it's time to get a new washer dryer. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, and, and do I have enough money to buy another da-da-da? Barter, 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 buy, save, use the money. Sales. It's okay. But when you lie, that's not okay. And so marketing, you know, I, I, I think of, of, uh, of marketing is, is sort of like uh, 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 government uh, intelligence or... Um, or <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going with this one. Right, I mean, uh, 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 truth in advertising yes. is sort of like putting two words that are the opposite together. Okay. And so uh, that's the same as postal service. You know what I mean? It doesn't <laughs> what Postal is, and service. Right. You know, oh, nah, <laughs> Don't go together. postman in town is going to be No, I here, love the postal. Yeah, I always okay. use postal service. Be nice. Service. But anyway, my point is that if you have truth in advertising, that's a very good thing. If you're lying to sell, if okay. you're promising that this, this bull crap that uh, of a of a supplement is going to make you an, a, a virile again uh, that's a lie you know you, it's not based on truth that won't make you virile again and there's some danger with it and what's more that you know what may be in that pill might not be what it says it is you know that type of a thing so I think uh, we have to look at misinformation the difference be, uh, and disinformation. Disinformation is obviously lying. Misinformation is, I think this is true and I'm sharing it, and it's not true. And this happens with immunizations. And I'm hoping that there's enough out there that people realize right now the measles epidemic is just terrible that it's spread because it shouldn't be spreading, but it's people who really are fearful of immunizations and finally recognize even some states are forcing people to get their children immunized. It's that important. So you just need to realize that there's there's facts and there's non-facts. And the science fact is, and marketing, two different things. Yeah, and science has shown that immunizations do work and they make a difference. So keep that in mind for you and your children. We're going to take our next break. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to 
Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holmes said he's going off on tangents today, and I'm ready to send him on another tangent. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready. I All know right, the tangent doing. is sleep apnea. I'm familiar with it because I sleep next to a guy who has a, a CPAP, machine. CPAP machine, and what amazes me is I'm thrilled that he was diagnosed with sleep apnea, that it's it, that's a CPAP machine that works for him. And it ma- took a while a for difference. him to take it, didn't it? No. Did no. he, ju- did he, he take it, took he it right took away? He took it right away, but he just said it just it's like three hours, and he'd take it off and then put it back on. It took him a while to adjust to it. Once he did, he just won't go without it. You know, when we travel, that sleep apnea machine, machine is the first thing you. that goes. But what amazes me is in your article this week in the Brookings Register on Breathe easier with sleep app. If you have sleep apnea, what you can do. This CPAP machine has been diagnosed, but 30% of the people who are given a CPAP machine don't use it. You're right. It goes under the bed and stays there. That's just sad. I mean, and and, you and know, then you talked about one patient who five years later was dead. Yeah. Of course because you. they didn't use the sleep apnea machine. Well, I, you know, that. Not it, just because, I know, but. There's more to it, of course, right. but the, in my heart of hearts. You know, you know, uh, I mean, the, the studies show that it, the death rate is like five times higher in the people who have severe, moderate to severe sleep apnea than the people who don't have it. The Australia study was clear on that. And uh, the question is going to be, uh, after that study in Australia, if you use CPAP, will it change that higher death rate? And the answer has been coming back more and more yes the problem is that only 30 percent of the people who are prescribed it will use it and then if you ask them they'll say yes and so you don't have um, not accurate not accurate information and finally they've got to where the CPAP machine tells the people who you know tell tells the doctor Are they using it or not? And the answer is no, they're not using it. I mean, okay, so we know now. I was surprised by that. um, Somehow his machine is attached to something. I don't know, Bluetooth, and somehow they know if it's being used or not. Correct. And if you're on Medicare and it's paying the cost of the CPAP machine and you don't use it a minimum, is it four hours a night or six hours a night? I don't know what it is. If you go five days without using it, then you start paying the bill instead of Medicare. (laughs) I thought that's one way to get people to use it. That's a great idea. Or they'll just not, they'll they'll take it back. Oh, one or the other. My uh, my sense uh, is, and this is, I have people who have sleep apnea, friends who have sleep apnea, patients who have had sleep apnea, have sleep apnea. You know, you gain a little weight, you get a little older, your throat gets a little more lax and relaxed, and your neck gets thicker, and you get sleep apnea as you get older, many times. I mean, there's a lot of people who get it, and many people who don't have the diagnosis. Uh, This particular person has a diagnosis and just can't... Won't sleep with it. Won't won't work trying. Doesn't try to make it work. I think that if a person realizes how dangerous sleep apnea is how bad it is to obstruct uh and uh this is worse than smoking uh you know you have low oxygen levels through the night it's like low oxygen levels from carbon monoxide poisoning which is from the the smoking so the the it increases atherosclerosis heart attack rates are uh, often but the other big one is heart failure and atrial fib, for example, when your heart rhythm has this irregularly irregular rhythm, many of those people have sleep apnea as a cause of the atrial fib. And so sometimes if they use that machine, the atrial fib may 
goes away. It may just resolve itself. I, you know, I, we didn't realize that. And, and the, the danger of sleep apnea was not realized uh, until later in my years of practice. And the atrial fib thing kind of came upon him. One article indicated it. Boom, I started testing anybody with atrial fib for sleep apnea. And poof. Um, they, they all uh, had it. They all had it. Now, <laughs> oh here's, the, here's the other thing that's in the article. So I did a study of 70-year-old or older people. Uh, and half of the people we, in, uh, we encouraged to walk every day. And the other half... We taught them these German exercises and encouraged them to walk every day. And both groups got nutritional training. And both groups got uh, screening for sleep apnea in two ways. One is a questionnaire that's commonly given that the government requires that you give, and it has to be abnormal before they'll allow you to do a nighttime sleep study or a, or a sleep study of any kind. Um, and we found that half the people who didn't have sleep apnea had an abnormal screening questionnaire, and half the people who had sleep apnea had a normal sleep apnea questionnaire. So the questionnaires in 70-year-old or older anyway... Are invalid. Are invalid. Wow. Forget uh, the questionnaire. And, and okay. we found also that in 25% of the patients, of the people who were 70 or older with or without a, the symptoms of, of nighttime snoring and sleepiness during the day and da-da-da-da, a quarter of them had moderate to severe sleep apnea, which is life-threatening. So 25% of the people in your study had this. And, they, and, and they did, it was new. And they had no idea. There was one person in the study. I had 100 people. One person who had sleep apnea and was using CPAP. And I think there was a, like one or two who had it under their bed that wasn't using it. <laughs> and, uh, but we found that 25, you know, we found almost 25 people uh, had, uh, had uh, sleep apnea. We were actually, some of them didn't do the questionnaire. Some of them didn't do the nighttime th monitor. So we got, the real truth is we had 67 who finished the whole study who actually did both questionnaire and the, uh, the and nighttime study. You know, it's an easy thing. You take the you take the finger oximeter home, and it records what happened in the night. And you bring it back. It costs a hundred dollars. It's a screening test, uh, and you can do it whether you have a doctor's order or not uh, for a you know something like a hundred dollars. And uh, we got everybody to get it. You know, of the sixty-seven people, right? And, and we found twenty-five percent had the had moderate to severe sleep apnea. Well, from what you're saying, it would benefit anyone over 60 listening to this program to do that $100 test. If, if, I think so. If you've had any heart disease, if there's a lot of heart disease in your family, if you're overweight, if you have snoring that's quite significant at night, if you have a spouse that's heard you ap have apneic spells. And we used to say it was made, it was mostly men, not women, over 70, it was men and women equal, equally. Um, so, I mean, over, I, I don't, you know, it just, uh, I, I have some data that was interesting. I haven't published it. I don't think I will. I mean, I published it now. There it is. It's been published. It's, it's been it's published. It's on the news, right? Yeah. And the point is, it's, it's there. Well, you talk about this in your book, too. Is it chapter 10 that you talk about yes. sleep apnea and those the, things? The snort so, that saved a life. Is this award-winning book of yours. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that All right, that we're going to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs>
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. As I said, I got Dr. Holm on a new tangent, and that is sleep apnea Gosh. and all the problems that can be caused with uh, breathing, lung disease. And I do want to mention that tomorrow night you will go into even more depth with two experts. Jeffrey Boyle, who's a doctor with the Avira Medical Group Neurology. He's a neurologist, which is interesting, and a sleep expert. And then Travis Hansen, another doctor who's uh, with the pulmonology and sleep medicine. What is... He's a pulmonologist. So I've got a neurologist and a lung doctor, respiratory specialist. brains. Got it both. Lung and brain. I got both of them, and they're both uh, sleep experts. And we'll talk about sleep apnea. We can talk about lung disease. We can talk yep. neurologic questions, too. I mean, anything. Uh, I take all questions. But uh, the, the, and we enjoy called-in questions, you know, for that show. You do. Like we do really today well. in, uh, yeah. on, this, on this award-winning radio show. <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> you know, a few, we mentioned your book, Life's Final Season, A Guide for Aging and Dying with Grace. And I think Bob knows People have called in, where can we get this book? And Bob now has an update list of where you can purchase this book. I get to share in the fame vicariously when oh, I can, when I can right. let people know. But if you if you would be interested in having a copy of this book for yourself or to give us a perfect gift, it's Life's Final Season, A Guide for Aging and Dying with Grace. You can get it on Amazon or Amazon Prime. Just go and type it in and it'll show up. Head to Dakota Prairie Museum in Aberdeen where they've got copies for sale. The South Dakota Art Museum, Brookings Health Systems Gift Shop, Threads of Memories in downtown Brookings, the Brookings Book Company, they're all right here in our backyard. Or you want the best donuts in town, then you head to Ward's Bakery in DeSmetworth. <laughs> That's really they, true. They've got a copy sitting there, a whole stack of them. Uh, Prairie Pages, a bookstore in Pier. Also, Mitzi's Books out in the west side of the state in Rapid City and Zanbro's Variety Store in Sioux Falls. You know, I'll, I'll give you this. This is, I mean, I don't know if Jeff's uh, the, the proprietor of Zambros in Sioux Falls. Right. When they do the book um, festival in South, in South, in South Dakota, uh, when you do it in Brookings, uh, you, there's a, all these authors are gathered in one space, and they're all there to sign the books that they sell. But you have to go over to the Zambros corner, buy the book Purchase from Zambros. Book. Right. And then go to the, the the author, and she or he will sign uh, the book for him. Well, uh, so I brought a box of books to Zambros and the, to Jeff, and he's he's and he came up to me. I need another box box of books, so I brought him another box of books, and then I brought him another box of books. And then um, uh, when I'm settling with him in the end, he said, "You're the biggest seller at the Brooks Brooking at the Brookings. at the South Dakota Book Festival." He Your said books you're the biggest sold everyone. So I thought, well, it's because I'm I'm in Brookings and that's what happened. And so then the next thing that happened is it was December the 15th last this last year and I'm giving a book talk at Zambros. And he said, "Rick, of all the books I've had since the book festival in my bookstore, you've sold the most books in the, my bookstore since the book festival." That's People come wonderful. in for Christmas presents and so on and so forth. Well, and I, I bought five of them for Christmas presents. Oh, you did? For my siblings, yeah. Made sure they all got one. I, I keep thinking you misnamed it, though. It what? should say, Life's Final Season, A Guide for Aging and Living with Grace. 
Oh. Aging and dying with grace is nice. But, you know, when you read this book, it's another way to really live well, too. Well, I mean, when well, you're dead. aging is living. When, yeah. when you're dead, there's, nobody's going to buy You know, if you're dead, you're, you're not going to buy the book, right? So it has, living has a lot to, we're all going to die. We live up to that time. And how to so live gracefully, right? Living might be a better word. Yes. Oh, yeah, Ooh, the book's look, doing well, and it's look, saying, "Hey, we're running out of we time." We ran out of time, but we do. We're thank kind you of for Bob that. to keep us going thank longer. You, thank you, Bob, and all of you. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. That's all for this week. Thank you, Joan, and stay healthy out there, people. And thank you, and thank you, Bob. You didn't say the magic word. Oh, and we need to exercise. <laughs> all right, thanks you for that. <laughs>